Sarah, thank you so much for sharing. Appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you for sharing us your journey. Uh, such uh, maturity and wise words from a high schooler. We appreciate Justin and Katie and their sharing. Appreciate Justin's service uh, to our country. And thank you so much for the fact of uh, having a Christ-centered relationship. And, and, uh, and listen, when anybody comes in and said uh, they enjoyed the sermons, I, that's part of, part of the testimony I'm for. So appreciate you sharing that as well. And we appreciate Jim in Virginia and sharing by video. We have seven charter members. And uh, maybe before the year's out, we can hear from all of them. If not live, maybe we hear from all of them by video. And uh, we know how things are. I don't think uh, we have any. We do have one of the seven, I know, here uh, today. But uh, we appreciate certainly our charter members that saw the vision of Parkway Baptist Church to be able to come. We're going to continue to celebrate uh, that as well. And it is, it is my prayer that before you leave this service today that you'll have ever so much more reason to be thankful for your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to have Thanksgiving this year, maybe even more so than ever before. It has been our theme for this year, or for this month, it has been our theme closer than ever, so close, closer to Jesus than ever before. We know that he's close to us. We may not always feel it, we may not always realize it, but uh, we know that Christ is close to us and we want to be closer to him than ever before. It was March 12th that at least in my mind, that's when everything changed in 2020. I don't know if you have a particular moment or particular something that happened that you think, yes, this is when things changed for me or when things began to change or you at least felt the impact of it. And uh, we know already there are going to be a lot of changes that take place uh, for Thanksgiving and for holiday season. One reason I like this year, this particular service every year is because it is the one time we come together. We used to do the one service, but then we couldn't fit everybody into the one service, and then we have our fellowship meal, and so we had to go to two services so that we could fit everybody in. We still need to go to two services so we can social distant, you know, and uh, be able to do that, and then we have the meal together. Literally three or 400 sometimes come and eat in uh, all of the gymnasium and the but we're not able to do that today. But we are able to gather around the table today. We're gathering spiritually around the Lord's table, remembering what Christ did, has done for us, and we're celebrating together the Lord's Supper. It's different than usual even now. Normally we have, you come in, you know it's Lord's Supper Day because we have the Lord's Supper table up here that's already prepared. It seems like something's missing. In fact, I thought about going and putting the Lord's Supper table up here, but I was afraid some of you leave, afraid we're going to hand you a cup or something. So... We've got those uh, already prepared which with the uh, juice and the wafer. And so we're going to spend a few moments preparing for that. You've got to be prepared for that because sometime in the next few minutes you're going to have to probably get up and go six feet in front of you to be able to get the cup that is there. But before you do that, we're going to spend a little bit more time maybe in spiritual preparation today. For this is a time of remembering and thanksgiving. There was a word that was used in our testimonies. Uh, one of the words was grace. So we're going to talk about grace and we'll hear in a few moments. But first we want to remember, one of the things we want to remember is we want to remember our sins for which Christ died for us on the cross. We Today we're come together, particularly partaking of the supper, we're to remember our sins. And Believe it or not, until Christ comes again, until we go to be with Jesus, every day we're supposed to remember our sins because we're supposed to spend some time confessing our sins every day. In the early church, they would have probably more than just weekly, they probably had daily meals together. 
And so they fellowship together. We're told that in uh, Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4. They'd come, they would be together. And probably they would also have communion, kind of like we would have it today. But probably what they did is they remembered it during the supper. During the supper, while they ate, somebody say, pass the bread. And they say, do you remember what Jesus said? And they remember that Jesus said, this bread is my body. And then after the meal, they would have the cup and they would take the cup and they say every day they'd come because they're believers together it would just it became more of a natural thing I think for them to be able to do that and then of course we know that because they did it so often as things happen we know that uh, it became abuse a little bit in other words they would come for the supper and they'd eat everything before everybody else got there those who had would not remember those who had not and there were some things so they were told and we're told not to partake of the supper in an unworthy manner. And so it is that we must, before we partake of the supper, we must remember our sins. I believe, we're, I believe we take, it would be unworthy, in an unworthy manner for us not to think about why Christ died for us and he took, the, took our sins from us. Uh, hearts were made right by the confession of sin. Our hearts need to be made right today. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want you to know as we, as we read this, John is primarily writing to believers and he's letting them know that they need to confess their sins on a regular basis. Now the word confess means to agree with. And so Really what we're doing as believers is we're every day we're agreeing with Jesus. Yes, we're still sinners. Now we're sinners that are saved by grace, but we're still sinners and going to be sinners until the day that Christ comes again, until we go to be with him. Now, we do hope that while we'll never be sinless, we hope that we sin less. And hopefully even today, because of what we're going through today, it will cause us to want to be able to sin less as well. But uh, we are to agree with God that we're sinners and even as followers of Jesus that we continue to be sinners but we've been saved by God's grace. We continue to daily confess sin so that we might be in a right fellowship with Christ our Savior. Now, I've used these, this very verse, 1 John 1, 9 and sometimes it's used to talk to lost people about how they need to repent of their sins and they need to realize they're sinners in need of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today I want you to know the difference between a prayer of repentance for salvation and a prayer of confession. Now, a prayer of confession, that's something that we do as believers. We need to do it every day. We do it every Sunday as we come into worship, and we certainly need to do it as we partake of the Lord's Supper. So we're confessing. We understand that. We admit. So that we might be in a right fellowship with the Lord Jesus. But then there's that sin or that prayer of repentance for salvation. It really is a one-time deal. In other words, when we pray and we have confessed and repented our sins the very first time that we ask Christ to come in and we ask him to forgive us of our sins he comes in he forgives us all of our sins past present and future so that we might be able to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus now I can tell you that since I've been a kid and prayed that prayer as a kid I've prayed it many times several times since just in case 
Do you understand? I mean, I feel like, oh, just in case that one didn't hit, didn't work, I'm going to do it again. But we understand and we want to understand as we grow in Christ, it's not so much the words that we say as it is the condition and genuineness of our heart. So I can tell you if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus today or you're a professing believer and you've prayed and you've asked Christ to come into your heart, it has been once and for all time. It is because he has forgiven you of your sins past, present, and even future so that you might be in a right relationship with the Lord Jesus. But the daily confession is so that we might be in a right fellowship. 1 John 1, 7 won't be on your screen today, but just a couple of verses before the 1 John 1, 9 that's on your screen, it says this, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. We understand that because of what Christ did, we can be forgiven of sin. So today you want to pray a prayer of confession if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to pray a prayer. You'll have opportunity to do that here in a few moments. And as we go, you want to be sure that you've asked the Lord to forgive, even the sins you can't remember. I do believe that those that we know that we have committed, we need to be sure to name those one by one. Lord, forgive me of this. I'm sorry that I've done that. I confess this sin. But I also believe we need to say, Lord, I just agree with you. Just as you know, I'm a sinner. Even when I do things right, I don't probably do it by the right motives. I don't always do it in the right way. And, but thankfulness for the grace of God. So that's what we also are. We, we are remembering God's grace. That Jesus took our punishment on the cross for our sins. He loved us while we were yet sinners. It's an unconditional love. And as we grow in grace, we not only want to confess sin, but we want to live for Jesus and please him. Do you, you remember the Old Testament story of Joseph? Joseph, the favored son, coat of many colors. He had 11 brothers. Ten of those brothers hated him. And remember, they sold him off into slavery. He ended up in Egypt. There he was sold into, off into work for Potiphar. And he was in Potiphar's house, one of the officials in the Egyptian, for the Egyptians. And then came a long temptation by the name of Mrs. Potiphar. We don't know her name exactly, of course, but she was a temptation. Not just a one-time temptation, but a daily temptation for Joseph. Do you remember what Joseph said? He probably said many things, but we have these words recorded in Genesis 39, 9. But he said to Mrs. Potiphar, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You ever find yourself saying, maybe justifying sin? Maybe by saying in your heart or maybe subconsciously, I can do whatever I want because God will forgive me. Can I tell you something? That's not grace. It may be selfishness, it might even be arrogance, but it is not grace. When grace abounds and our understanding of grace grows, so grows your desire to please your Lord and Savior. So today you remember His grace, and not only are you to confess sin, but your desire and to commit yourself to living even more so to please Jesus. A commitment to say, Lord, I want to please you because of your grace. Well, also... We have thanksgiving for God's grace. It is Thanksgiving week, and God's able to continue to be at work in all the things that are happening in our life. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. And I want us to look, just look at this verse here for just a moment. 
dwell on it maybe. We're going to camp here for just a moment. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, though so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Notice what that verse says. God is able. No matter what you face, no matter what you're going through today, no matter what's happening, no matter who's president, no matter what's happening in the political realm, God is able. He's able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things and at all times. You think he had 2020 in mind? Regardless, all things and all times, his grace may abound. So that, watch this, you may abound in every good work so that God may be able to be at work in and around you and do his good work. What will you remember about 2020? Surely the pandemic. You may also remember the economic crisis, social unrest, rioting and looting and political polarization in the election. How about more storms than ever before? All of these things happened in 2020. We hope that they're not going to happen in 2021. But we also remember neighbors helping neighbors. Will you remember your church family continuing to reach out and to be able to help one another during times of crisis as well? We've reached out to the community, I believe, in 2020 more so, at least in one year, maybe than we've ever done before. We may have done more in the community this year than we have ever done with people working in different avenues and different facets around. We, we were not able to go on a mission trip this year. We had a couple that we had in mind of places that we were going to go, but obviously weren't able to do that. And even in 21, we're not able to plan yet. So it may be 22 before we go on an international trip again, but uh, hopefully those things are coming as well. We did have some people involved in a disaster relief trip. Justin was one of those that uh, came along with us, had uh, more than just one place in disaster relief because been in several, but we had many people working in South Alabama and we took a small group there to Louisiana uh, as well. On one particular day, we were working alongside a group uh, from Savannah, Georgia, who had come to Louisiana uh, to do some work. And they were a chainsaw group and we had our own chainsaws, but working with them as well. And, and uh, there one particular house where several trees down, large trees, and uh, not only that, but neighbors' houses too. And so we were working there, and we got toward the end of that day, or for that particular project. And one of those uh, from one of the men from Savannah took his chainsaw. I imagine it was not the first time, but the stump that was still there, uh, he turned it into a cross just kept working on it and whittling away with his chainsaw. Can you whittle with a chainsaw? He tried, but he whittled away with the chainsaw till finally it was just a cross kind of sitting on top of the stump there, but uh, out of the wood from, from there. One of the young men in that house, I suppose he was uh, maybe late teens, early 20s, and uh, he just uh, started talking and he said, oh, just he, something about that cross. There, as far as we know, there are about 12 people living in that house and underprivileged neighborhood and but he started, as he talked, he said, oh, he said, that, I think that cross has changed my life. He said, I just, something's different. I just, I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. I said, I just want to, I'm just going to be, I'm going to start doing right. I'm going to start acting right. He said, I know I can do this. I'm going to start, and began to explain his, his mom had died about a year earlier. And uh, 
his, uh, he had scars up and down both arms to where he'd cut himself many times and uh, was, had been a little bit self-destructive. And, uh, and as we were talking with him and I told him, I said, I said, well, I said, this, I said, I think that's great. I appreciate your attitude and the cross really does make a difference. His name was, his name was Crucian. At first I thought it said Christian and I was already, your name's Christian, my name's Christian. Wouldn't you like to be a Christian? But it's Crucian. And so I said, but I told him, I said, I said, Crucian, you, I said, I think that's great. I said, but you know, you can't be good all by yourself. Things aren't going to change simply because you hope that they'll change or, you know, or how you feel. I said, but Jesus can make a change in your life. Have you heard about Jesus? He said, well, I guess so, yeah, a little bit. But, and so we were able to share with him about Jesus and told him about who Christ was. And we were talking with him. I told him, I said, you know, I said, you can pray and you can ask Christ to come into your life. You can ask him to forgive you of your sins and Christ will come in and he'll make the true change in your life that you're looking for. And uh, somebody else started, came up, and we were all talking there a few moments ago, and I, you know, we were about to say bye, and he looked at me and said, I'd like to pray that prayer that you were talking about. So we prayed. Krushan prayed to receive Jesus as his Lord and Savior that day. And I thought, here was a storm that had come. As a matter of fact, two storms had come through Louisiana in their very neck of the woods that had come. And... Uh, Lord had used it so that Crucian and I'm sure many others could come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. You might also remember Joseph toward the end of his life. His brothers came to him. They were asking for forgiveness. Once again, they, Joseph had already forgiven them. But we're told in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20, it says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Would it not be a shame to go through all the things that you've gone through this year and not allow God to use it to change your life for the better? Not allow God to use it so that you might be an instrument of His. So we come here on this Thanksgiving service, our family and friend day, and let it be a day in which we come and we say, Lord, whatever I've gone through, we've just mentioned the things that we've gone through almost worldwide or maybe in this country or community, but you've probably gone through some things maybe personally as well. But I can tell you that God wants to use it. Satan in this world may have intended it for evil, but God intends it for good. Next, uh, next Sunday, at least I think we're going to do this, next Sunday, title of the message leading up to Christmas. We'll start next Sunday. We've got four Sundays uh, before Christmas. But uh, the, title of the, the title of the series is going to be a C-O-V-I-D Christmas. A COVID Christmas. And we're going to talk about four Sundays and then on uh, Christmas Eve, the five things that we should be learning from all the things that are happening in our life this year. We use each letter of C-O-V-I-D. So you want to come and be a part of those services. I want you to be prepared for partaking of the Lord's Supper today. And we appreciate the testimonies and already the praise have helped us to be to do that very thing. And now you can be prepared. Would you reach forward and be sure that you have the elements in your hand representing, symbolizing the body and the blood of Jesus. And we're going we're gonna to partake of that after Polly comes and sings. But I want you to, during this time, ask the Lord to prepare your heart. If there are prayers need to be prayed, confessions that need to be done, even if you need to ask Christ to come in to be your Savior and Lord, we'll give you that opportunity as Polly sings, and then we'll partake of the Lord's Supper together.
Jesus' three-year ministry is probably bracketed by four times that he partook of the Passover in Jerusalem, that he began his ministry around the time of the Passover, and then it went three years, and every time he came to Jerusalem for that until the last time he came. And he knew that as he came that time, he was going to be presenting himself as the sacrificial lamb for our sins. So on the night in which he was to be arrested. He was with his disciples and he was preparing them for what was about to take place. And as they took the traditional Passover meal, it was during the time in which they took the unleavened bread and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And then it was at the time in which they took the cup that he told and prepared them that this uh, is my blood which is shed for you and so that they might be prepared and perhaps it was hard for them to be prepared because they were on, living on that side of the cross but now we live on this side of the cross and so we look back and we recognize all that Christ has done for us and while we still have a lot to learn and a lot that we can learn about who Christ is and all the things he's done for us we are certainly uh, thankful today that we can remember what Christ has done for us so now I encourage you to do this today and you notice there are two tabs there 
take the thin one on top and if you would take that off first believing the other one that is there and you can take the bread that is there and we remember today what Christ has done for us we recognize that this is a symbol of the body of Christ which was broken for you and me Now, if you would take the other part, go ahead and peel it away. You can peel it all the way off or leave it on if you don't want to have to have two or three <clears throat> pieces to throw away. But we recognize that just as Christ, after the supper, took the cup and said, this is my blood which was shed for you, we recognize that Christ gave his blood, and as we've already read today, that this blood covers all of our sins. May we pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Let us pray today. And gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be a part of this time together so that as a church body, that we might be able to proclaim the death, burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And while we come and we remember what Christ has done, and even in a sad way, we are sorry for our sins and sorry that Christ had to die for our sins, we also stand in full recognition that victory is had because of what Jesus has done. We can have victory over death and victory over sin, victory to be able to live this life as you would have us to live so that we might be the shining light for others. We thank you for what Christ has done. We pray particularly maybe even this year that we can be more grateful than ever before because we're followers of the Lord Jesus. It's in the precious name of the Lord Jesus we pray. Amen.